Welcome to the For the Girl podcast. Join best friends Mackenzie Wilson and Mackenzie Baker from Delight Ministries as they talk about all things relationships, faith, and, well, girls. This podcast is for the girl expectant for her future, for the girl who is ready to grow, and for the girl who needs some honest answers. Get ready, because this is for you. Hey guys, welcome Hello. back to the PCAST we with back. your hosts, Mac and Kent. Kent um, and Mac. Yes, guys, we are <laughs> so excited that we are on week three of our study. We are in James 2 and we have an incredible podcast guest, yes. J.D. Ost from Zeal Church here in Nashville, Tennessee. It's going to be good. Y'all, the conversation we had with J.D. Bye-bye. was so powerful and good. I mean, I have pages on pages of notes. I promise you will too. But before that, we got a really, oh, we got a really what? <laughs> really good song. Oh, we got a really good song. Yeah, we do. Yes. This week's Praise with Ken's. I requested this week one. Do you remember you this? Did. So, I mean, I am still still hype on graves into gardens like that song gets me amped and yeah. you got to watch the video you know the, oh, the video haven't. on youtube like no i'll turn that on in the mornings and whoo love it so wow. to this day like i it, i'm Let's not sick go. of it yet and i cannot wait to hear your version it was harder than any of the others really yes really even spirit of living god really yeah I think, just wait for it oh gosh okay i'm so ready to worship you know this is my song this is my request let's do it grace into gardens kent's praise with kent's here it comes strong <laughs> i mean that was beautiful thank you <clears throat> well let's do some summer of love summer bucket <laughs> of fun oh my goodness no summer bucket <gasps> okay of fun summer bucket love. of fun if you don't know we ask questions every week from our summer bucket of fun we've got a couple questions today okay Hit what me. is one thing that you are a pro at and one thing that you suck at Ooh. I would like to say we shouldn't say the word suck on this podcast. One thing that you're not great at. We are not great at. We all <laughs> yes. don't suck. Okay, one thing that I am a pro at. I'm weirdly like a pro at random things, right? Yeah, you are. I'm like kind of, I'm kind of one of those people that like is kind of weirdly good at, they're really random things though. Um, I was thinking of something the other day that I was good at and I was surprised by it. Mm. 
What is it? I'm really good at getting ready. You get ready really fast. I do get ready really fast. I don't know. That's like pretty good. You're really good at that. She's really good at like technology. It's kind of lame, but oh, like you so can, she can figure anything out. Like, Oh, I remember the thing I was oh. really good at the other day okay, was I played that? three holes of golf and I'm actually kind of good. You're really good at golf. Yeah. Like I didn't know this wow. about myself, but I went to the golf course and I, you know how like you have to get it on the green and like a certain number of shots. Like that's yeah. the point kind of, I'm not very good at putting, but hitting, I can like get it on in the same number of shots wow. that like a dude could who was good at golf played once thinks you played good. one time played three holes thinks I'm good okay so that's <laughs> what I'm really good at golf um and then I'm really bad at I'm really bad there's something for sure I'm really bad at uh now I'm on the sports train. okay I'm really bad at uh, okay I'm good at throwing a football. Yeah. I can throw a football really well, but okay. I cannot throw like my brother and I, we went to the beach recently and I cannot throw a tennis ball to save my life. Like, you know, just like playing catch with like a little ball oh, or like a baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so bad. Really That's bad. Surprising. That's well, really surprising. Like I can't direct it. I can't get You're it. You're really I want bad it to at cleaning your car. Oh, I'm so bad at cleaning my Her car. Her car is a mess. Yeah. I'm really bad at that. All right. Hit it. Hit okay. me with it. You're bringing one thing to the pool, Kens. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? First of all, my bikini. Do you only get bikini. one thing? No, you only get one thing. I got to be wearing my bikini. So in my, I Does just want to make clarify that okay, I will not be Okay, you're wearing nude. your bikini. Yes. You get to bring one, only one thing. So like you could choose a sunscreen. You could choose a towel. You could choose like okay. headphones. But you only get one. A book. Oh, so you're going to burn. You're going to not have a <laughs> no, towel. No, I would put sunscreen on before okay, I got to the fine. pool. And then I would Should we tell them the story dry. of you reading the book at the pool that, that one? <laughs> yeah, that's well, pretty actually, funny. Okay, so Kenzie and I went to the lake one year and she was really into this book called Lone Survivor. It's a war book. And she like all throughout reading the book, she would stop and like update me on how awesome this book Lone Survivor was. And she'd be like, yeah, there's like how many guys were there? Three guys. Yeah, I think so. Three friends and they're like on this like mission together. They're in the military, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then she looks at me one day and she just has this look of disbelief. We're sitting on the lounge chairs out by the lake and she looks at me and she goes, oh my goodness. I think that only one of them <laughs> survives. And I literally looked at her and I was like, Kens, the book is called Lone Survivor. <laughs> it just hit me. It I was like, me. are you serious? <laughs> so, yeah. Also, I thought you were going to comment on the fact that I'd bring a book to the pool because it's kind of funny. I like have yeah. barely ever finished a book That in was my the life. first book you've ever finished, right? <laughs> but I want to read more often. Any other reader wanters out there but just can't finish one? That's yeah, me. That's There's him. a lot of them. There's a lot of secret ones. But so that's why you're bringing your book to the I'm pool. I'm trying to be disciplined. Right. Yes. I like that. I like that. And okay. my bikini. Wow. Good session of Summer Bucket of Fun. Wow. Get ready for an amazing episode. You guys, it's going to be so good. If you so haven't let us, left us a review, though, <laughs> yeah. please, please. Please, guys. Seriously, <laughs> your reviews help no, so they really do. much. They mean help, the world. They help Kingdom people purpose. find the podcast. That's I actually right. got a DM this week from a girl who had I, just found the that podcast. Was so amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And she was like, this is exactly what I need in this season. Like I've always wanted to study scripture, but it's always yeah. felt so daunting and scary. And now so she good. is studying James with us. So we yeah. want to hear so many more stories like that. And you leaving your review helps so much. So go do it and get ready for an amazing episode. You guys, this is a really good one. Bye. Hello, JD. We are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Are you excited or what? <laughs> you know, I'm fi- I'm Sunny D excited. I am fired up. I'm espresso elated, Red Bull excited. All of those things. I'm honored to be here. Wow, uh, it is an honor to have you. Okay, so we want our guests to just or our listeners to know who you are a little bit. Could you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your family? And we'll get yeah. to your church in a second, but start oh, yeah, with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like, l- let's not start with me. And I'll tell you why, because uh, a, a dude in Thailand has currently borrowed all social media. Uh, he's just borrowing it for a little while. My Facebook and Instagram that got hacked. Um, and so really? let me start with my wife. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is real talk. This is quarantine level talk, threat level midnight. It's, it's whatever. Amazing. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah. So my wife, Leah J. Ost, is from Mississippi. She's a dime. She's beautiful. In fact, she leads all of Zeal Girl TV, which is the conference. Lisa Harper, some of our greatest friends, Taylor Madhu, Michele, uh, Jeremy Foster, all those cats that are helping pull off the Zeal Girl conference. And so Leah Joe, uh, I met her. I was 22 years old. She was 19. We were at a conference back, 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 back in the day, and we fell in love. She loves Jesus. I love Jesus. Uh, we've been married. Check this out. We have been married. Drum roll, please. We've been married for 16 years. Whoa. And so, yeah. yeah. 16 so she's blonde-haired, okay. green-eyed, dark skin from Mississippi. She's like Southern, but super creative. So she okay. leads all of the programming of our church. So all of the creatives, uh, Kelly Robertson, our worship pastor, which you guys know, so she leads all of that. She's brilliant. Wow. She's articulate. She's quiet but strong. And then we have two boys, uh, two boys and a cavapoo, which is our uh, two boys and a girl. Our cavapoo, <laughs> her name is Barkley. She's my baby girl, and I adore her. Um, and then I have two boys. We have a 10-year-old named Beckton Mare. Yes, we named him after John. Um, <laughs> uh, 10-year-old's name is Beckton Mare. He's creative. He is uh, – you ever met the dudes that were – real strong but they're kind of quiet that's him he's real strong but he's creative he can draw he's a 10 year old that can beatbox and sing writes music he's just a great great dude and then uh and he's saved loves jesus you know my four-year-old's not anywhere close to saved yet (laughs) so if y'all can throw some prayer yeah (laughs) yeah he doesn't love jesus yet like it's real pure and plain that he's just not there and so uh Baylor Solomon, uh, you can see him online, but he, he's on the social. He, he's he's he looks like Brad Pitt. Uh, uh, he's just he's a stud. Wow. He's an absolute stud. Curly hair, surfer boy, blonde haired. Uh, he's a thug. So yeah, that's my family. Wow. My name's JD. I'm 36. I live in Nashville. I'm a hot chicken and Krispy Kreme connoisseur. So that's that's us in about three minutes. Wow. That was like honestly one of the more <laughs> so impressive um, introductions I've ever heard about oh, really? a person in a family. That was Hold good. up, like top, like top 10? Yeah, for sure. Top, oh. I might even give you top five over there, JD. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. That was good. That was good. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Yeah, me so. too. Me too. All right. Next up, Ugh. can we hear a little bit about your church, Zeal Church? Can you bring that too? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's Lee and I's dearest love. We began in, in the, the city we love, uh, Nashville. We began sitting around my table 
four and a half years ago, uh, Leah would cook chocolate chip cookies because she's bad at it. And we would just open the Bible. We would literally open the Bible and walk verse by verse through it. Um, and we started, we had, we, we gathered a total of eight people mm. and we were stoked on it and really, really just wanted to be, here it is. We wanted to be a church that looked like the Bible. Mm. Yeah. Um, we wanted it to be authentic, but powerful. Sometimes people think authenticity means quiet, still and small. And I think authentic can be big and loud as well. So we just wanted it to grow because churches should grow because heaven and hell are re- realities. And so it had to grow, but it had to remain authentic. And so it started in our house. And then we just purchased a property five minutes from downtown Nashville, and the thing has uh, been blessed by God. We're just so honored. It is uh, Zill refers to passion, and if mm. if you ever get an opportunity to come to any of the services, my guess is that's what you'll think is these these uh, there's something that's lit here. This thing has a vibe, and we believe it's uh, it's prayer and fasting and all that's mm. really built this energetic passion like people. And so we have seven values. I think those really describe us if you're trying to figure out like, okay, what kind of church are they are? Um, mm. Passion is our reflex. And so you're going to see if we do anything, we're doing it like 100. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, in- innovations are attitudes. So we're, we're just not tied to anything just because it was tradition, except for the gospel and the Bible as centric standards for us. But we, we innovate a lot. So we, we try a lot of new things. People are our focus. That's a third one. And so any decision that we make, we make it for people. Excellence is our standard. There's another one. Generosity is our privilege. And so we have these guiding values that really help us be who we feel like we're called to be. And then another one would be leadership is our calling. We feel called for somebody not to just attend, but for us to take them on this real practical journey from believer to leader. And so we are crazy passionate about those values, which I think best express who we are. Mm, So good. Wow. And for anybody who doesn't live in Nashville and isn't quite familiar with Zeal, oh my gosh, you should know that it has an incredible reputation here. It's crazy. All the most amazing people I know go to Zeal and it's really uh, cool. Thank you, you so done. much. Also a pretty cool building. You can yes. see it from the highway and I always am like, that is a good looking building right there. Yes. They just have leveled up with in every area. <laughs> so the socials, well, the, all the things. All the things. L- let me give you guys, cause like if you're in the middle of this Bible study and like, this is like a bonus for James too or whatever, like this should feed your faith. We were a church plant that started in my living room. Yeah. And, and and within a couple of years, what happened is there was a massive 50,000 square foot old Church of Christ building that had been dormant and people had mm. been living it. So some of the homeless had found refuge. There was drugs there, like all the windows are broken out. And and so we bought this building and a guy that does not even go to our church gave us watch this two million dollars a miracle to own this building and to bring it back to life so we took something that was old and made it new and then god has brought a revival that we've seen over a thousand decisions to follow christ in the last 12 months we're just well i don't know i'm just excited to be on the ride that is so cool we're so excited for you and so support zeal it's actually one of our uh, regional directors is moving to nashville within the month and we told her we're like i think you would love zeal we are sending people we're sending people your way yeah Yeah. let's go (laughs) If they like hot chicken, if they like like good music and good vibes, tell them to come on in. They're coming in. (laughs) Okay, JD, though, we need to know, what is your next best talent beyond pastoring? Oh, my God. No. Come on. Okay. Give it to us. (laughs) 
<laughs> Sorry, I just went Kevin Hart on everybody. I was like, no. <laughs> um, uh, well, uh, you know what? And this, it, it took a lot of intellectual uh, guidance, uh, many years to become such a connoisseur. But quite honestly, I am a donut killer. Like, mm. <laughs> no, yes. no, I really mean that. Like, okay. so, so for me, this whole Krispy Kreme experience, it's like church to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, Matthew 5, 14, light of the world, like Krispy Kreme has one. Like that, that <laughs> like that light comes on and there's a hot now. And like I pull in and like I can see them put them in groups because, you know, God loves small groups. And then mm. they go down into the oil and they're baptized. And I'm reminded of the baptism. <laughs> and like it's the whole experience of Krispy Kreme for me that if I'm really good at something, I, I think I'm a donut connoisseur. Like That's donut good. and good coffee is my flow. And you can judge me because you eat organic grass and feed rabbits all day. And that's cool. <laughs> and we got a lot of people, most of the people in our church don't eat donuts because whatever and they're CrossFit. Yeah. By the way, you know how you know if somebody's into CrossFit? How? I have no idea. <laughs> they tell you. Uh, they will amazing. let you know. <laughs> they will post about it. But, no, I think I'm I, I think I'm really good at the donut game. I just I've got I love I've that. got raw talent. Wow. You know, one time, JD, I got to go um back <laughs> backstage at Krispy Kreme. And <gasps> you know that they if the donut is not perfectly round, they it goes at this little conveyor belt and it goes the other way. And when oh I was backstage I at Krispy Kreme, they say they're like, yeah, you can grab those. So I went backstage with my family one time, and we all ate about twenty donuts each. I was never felt more sick in my you life. Went in, you went into the holy of holies. Yeah, it was an incredible <laughs> experience. I gotta say, you the gotta get back torn. there sometime. Oh my god. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Um, you just became a mentor to me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You've went where yes. I have not went, and Come so follow um, me. I'll show you the way. <laughs> yeah, you'll make me. Uh, to donuts. I yes, get it. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm down. Oh, wow. Well, okay. I love that you're such a donut expert. That works perfectly <laughs> for the for the Girl Delight world because we're big into donuts here at Delight. Yes. Um, one of our our taglines oh, is actually donuts and delight. So maybe Are we'll, you serious? we'll send you that t-shirt actually maybe. We, we so I'm also will. a prophet. Yeah. yeah. Can, you give me, can you send me like a size medium? <laughs> um, because... I like it to have a little room at the bottom, but my arms haven't caught up to, well, everything else. And so <laughs> if you could send me a schmedium, then my arms will look bigger. And my wife, okay. you know, would like me a little bit more. Is that, is that cool? That's that perfect. That is amazing. Look, be on the lookout okay. for that one. All right. Hey, thank you. I'm <laughs> honored. Wow. Okay. Well, I think we are ready to now jump in to the book of James. We're super excited oh just gosh. to have your perspective on this sure. incredibly powerful short book that man just like kicks you in the butt sometimes it's a tough one i love it yeah so yeah. we're super excited so we're really going to be diving into james 2 with you um okay and i want to start kind of in the beginning of james 2 with this whole kind of idea of favoritism and man mm. i love this because i think throughout scripture or actually just like within the church we don't talk about this too much this is something that kind of flies under the radar and something that i think so many of us if we thought long and hard and kind of hard truth ourselves are probably like falling into this sin more than we know that we are. And so I love that James kind of gives us this like pep talk or hard talk all about favoritism. And so just wanted to start off asking you as a pastor in trying to sure. kind of create this body of believers. And I know you're super passionate about community. 
How have you seen favoritism maybe play a part in building community and how has, um, what are some of those like consequences that you see from it? Well, you know, I, th- I think the thing about the book of James is James is trying to, he's, he's kind of the New Testament proverb. He's trying to give us this wisdom in action and how to do it. And I'm such a big fan of that. Let me tell you why. So many of us in this day and age can turn on motivation with a click. Yeah, it's true. The problem is motivation doesn't equal strategy. Mm, yeah. So we can watch all these things that inspire love, but James is letting us know something about love. Love has levels of maturity to it. Mm, that's good. Yeah. If you read this text a little further within this pericope paragraph, this group of sentences, you, you find out in its original form, he's not saying that you can't have favorites. The reason that we know that is Jesus himself had favorites, Mm. but there's a difference between favorites and showing favoritism. Mm, For instance, let me drop it. You ready? So (laughs) Jesus had Peter, James, and John. Those were his favorites. Mm. You have to have a close circle, but here's the deal. Jesus had a small gap between how he treated Peter, James, and John, and watch this, how he treated Barabbas. Mm. For many of us, we can have favorites. The question I have to ask myself is, how big is the gap between my favorites and my enemies? That's good. Because that gives me the necessary journey to take between the levels of maturity of love. And I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. The, inv- the w- What our world needs is not the intellectual definition of love. They need to see it. Mm-hmm. And if we only love our squad, our crew, our people – then we could be living up to only a immature level of love. And so I don't think maturity is measured by how I treat my people. I think maturity is measured by how I treat, you know, that yeah. one girl who gets on my nerves, that one dude who dances on the precipice of my last nerve. And so my, my, the question I have for myself is how am I treating that one person? Because if you are building community based on your preference, you will only build community that looks like you. Yeah. And what we see here is God's choice of love and where he aims it at is for all people, not just some people. Yeah. That's so, good. Th- so that's, good. That's my flow on it. And I, I've got a couple ideas about that, a couple questions, if you have 30 seconds. Yes, you want to hear it all. Okay. So one is is asking myself, how am I treating that one person? Mm-hmm. Not, 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 not that one person I love, a different one person, that one person that gets on my nerves that one person that when she talks like it's like nails on a chalkboard because they just naturally irritate me that one person maybe you're an eight enneagram and that you know threes get on your nerves and maybe twos so how are you treating that one person because that is how mature uh, how love matures it's how you treat that one person then i think we have to learn don't you guys think we have to learn to love people according to their image The right image. Here's what I mean by that. Everybody has an image. Most people pick a person to love based on their image, and they forget there is a bigger image. And you're like, what in the world? We're talking about bigger image. Well, every person is made in God's image. So the bigger picture is their their intrinsic value of being God's kids. So like, am I treating them based on the image I see or the image he created? And the way I ask myself that is like, am I? Ch- how am I choosing to see the fingerprint of God of God within humanity? Because when it comes to being the church, which is who all of us are called to be, the expression of this invisible God making invisible, I have to choose to see people, not based on the image I see, 
but based on the image he created. So let me say it this way. The way they are, that's all on purpose. And if I allow my preference to become a stumbling block between me and the love, then that person may never actually see the God who loves them. Yeah, that's so good. So right. Okay, so I'm so curious if there's somebody, I mean, I'm sure you can think of somebody right at the top of your head that maybe... Oh, don't do this. Uh, I'm, trying okay. to, I'm trying to be sweet. We're don't like, do this. Can you give <laughs> us their name? No. 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 <laughs> no. Tell us, though. There's like, this girl named Mac, and then her, like, three kids. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm taking me. notes over here for her. No. Um, <laughs> but how? what are some, like, tangible ways, you know, speaking to somebody listening to this who's like, oh, yeah, I do have that one person that's, like, yeah. tougher to love. Like, what would you say? What are some tangible ways to, like, love her bigger and just start to treat yeah. everybody equal? You know, one thing that, that wrecked me about this text is how – how it began notice it says god chose those who are poor Mm. um you know somebody who's poor doesn't mean necessarily financially maybe they are poor in eq Mm. maybe they are poor in natural ability to connect to others maybe they are poor in that they are arrogant so they're poor in humility and one of the questions i have to ask myself is how am I choosing the poor in this season? Mm, yeah. Or do I have such a preference and a prejudice against the thing that they are poor in that automatically I dig a barrier between us to keep them away from? And God just doesn't do that. So the correction to all of us is stop loving based on your preference and start loving based on their value. Mm-hmm, yeah. We're choosing the wrong image. We're building the physical image and missing the created image. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think, once again, though, there is so much motivation in this in this world right now and not a lot of obedience. Yeah. So you can turn on anybody to make you feel good. And, oh, my God, I watched Pastor Steven. That is awesome. But you better have a strategy to it. Yeah. So so here's what I mean by strategy. I think one of the greatest ways you can take this text of loving people based on God's value is take those three questions and put those in your morning routine. What yeah. if you woke up every morning and said, you know what, how am I going to treat that one person, my Barabbas today? Yeah. How am I going to choose to see the fingerprint of God's creation on the people that get on my nerves? And you know what? How am I choosing the poor in this season, the people not like me, the people who are poor in something? If I'll put those questions at the beginning of my day, see so many people ask questions at the end of the day, which is reactive, not proactive. What if in your quiet time, instead of just being motivated, you started building strategy by just asking yourself some simple questions that will help shift your behavior. That's the answer. Yeah, that's so good. So good. And, you know, I was just thinking about it. And so true. I love how you mentioned just like we can look to the life of Jesus for our example here and how it's so true. Like Jesus is literally always going out of his way to talk to, to love on, to see the people that like the disciples and everybody else was like, what? We're going to stop and talk to them. And I think that's so cool. And something that there's something attractive to communities that are filled with people that look different and that are, you know, you can tell a community that is living into favoritism and a community that is like looking like Jesus. There's such a big difference. Okay, For the Girl fam, you have heard us talk about Hosanna Revival and how much we love them. And today we have the founder and artist behind Hosanna Revival, Katie, here with us. Katie, say hello. Hey, guys, so happy to be here with you. Oh, this is so fun. Okay, so Katie, we want the For the Girl audience to know 
Why did you start Hosanna? Like, what was the inspiration behind all of this? Okay, well, it's one of my very favorite stories to tell. So I was in college. I was a sophomore, and I was studying abroad in Spain, and I was there for about six months. Um, but I was a brand-new Christian. I was really new to my faith, and I had lived in a house with a bunch of Christian girls before I left for Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, just in those girls, like, because I was so new to my faith, they were really instrumental in what it looked like for me to be a Christian. You know, like, I literally yeah. would wake up and see them them reading their Bibles, and so I thought, oh, okay, we read our Bibles. That's what Christians do, you know? And, like, they went to church on yeah. Sunday, so I went to church. But then when I went to Spain, I lost that community. And so I all I literally had to cling to was, was my Bible, and I had to learn to love mm-hmm. Jesus through His Word, and that's yeah. it. Like, I didn't even have a church body, like, nothing. And so I, like, really fell in love with the Word of God and learned, to like, how in my loneliness and isolation, like, God is accessible like, through prayer and through his word and through worship. And so when I came back from Spain, like right when I got back, I had this idea like, okay, I'm going to design this Bible, rebind it because it's plain black, but I know now like the richness of the words inside of this book and how it changed my life. And so I decided I like set out to teach this first Bible for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right after that, you know, I had my sister in mind, you know, if I could make a beautiful Bible for someone else would they be just as excited to open yeah. it? and that's kind of the rest of history wow how cool i love i love that story how beautiful okay i'm so curious though there's so many amazing products which one is your favorite <laughs> oh gosh that's tough <laughs> I, okay i have to say the bible like the bible because that's that's what started yeah. it all but i can give you my my current favorite design Ooh, um, we love out, that. Of our, out of our new spring collection, the Leash Bible is my favorite. Um, and that's the one that has a big, wide-open flower field on it and a lot of, like, really vibrant colors. I just, I love the scripture we chose for it, and I, I love the colors in the tulip field and, yes. of course, like the, the journaling margins are so great for me in my study time, but been yes. loving it. Same. I love the journal lines. It's like super, super helpful. Well, we are so excited because all of our listeners get 15% off using the code delight 15. So you guys, yes. I really think everybody needs something, right? <laughs> I think so too. I think we need new Bibles, new journals, all the things. So go to HosannaRevival.com. Katie, thanks so much for Thank jumping you. in on the podcast. Gosh, thanks for having me on. Have a great summer, guys. So, so many of our, our women that are listening, you know, they're like college women, young adult women, and they're in these friend groups and things like that. How do you think as not just like an individual, but how as a community can, um, like we start to live into this and do you have any like little tips or pointers for that? No, I, I, I do think part of the strategy is being honest with yourself and asking these questions and actually answering them honestly. Yeah, I think I think that is a strategy that is so helpful, because if you woke up in the morning and were honest with yourself, you know, what we may realize, oh, my gosh, everybody in my life looks like me. Here's the problem with that. If I pick if I pick people who believe and look like me only, I will never work on my blind spots because they probably have similar blind spots. Yeah, that's good. And so I have to diversify the people that I do life with, not just because Jesus calls me to it, but because I also need it. Yeah, and so I, I some of the questions that I that I would think in my head is, do I do life with somebody who doesn't look like me? Yeah, 
That's really good. Yeah. You have to be I, honest. I found, You're right. Yeah, and and the older I grow in my leadership, I realize great leaders. The difference between good leaders and great leaders, if you're trying to lead in community, lead in your chapter, maybe lead your roommates, great leaders ask great questions because questions open the mind to a different behavior, which is the purest definition of repentance. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's so good. That's so good. And I think it's so true, just like sometimes you might be the one who's wanting to like change the the vibe in your community. And I love it. Just starting go. with those questions. Yeah. That's, that's so good. Yeah. I'm being honest. I feel like I've been, it's so easy to take like defense here, you know, yeah. like you're, t- you're in a conversation and people are like, Oh, it's so important to like have like diverse community and blah, blah, blah. And you like easily just want to be like, Oh, I have that. I have that. But well, I, and it's, yeah. it's my job to lead the way. Right. I, I think people will open up to the honesty and, be vulnerable when we lead that way. So if yeah. I had my roommates and I'm like sitting down and we have coffee and we have donuts because that's what God would do. And we're sitting down <laughs> and, we're, and we're eating donuts and coffee. If I started it off by saying, you know what, guys, I think if if we're going to be Jesus to people like Christians mean little Christ, if we're actually going to be if we're going to make the invisible God visible, maybe loving like him looks like actually loving the people that aren't like us. Mm -hmm. And I've realized in my own life, I pick my circle based on my preference. Maybe I can die to my preference so that some people could meet Jesus. If I started that conversation, it would be way easier for my roommates to realize, you know what? Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Taking ownership of that humility, humility in that. That's so, so good. Okay. I love it. it. Okay. We want to move down a little bit through uh, James 2. Um, We're going to move down to faith with action. You know, I love this. I I actually get super amped about this (laughs) because I'm like, maybe because I just have high energy in general and I'm like, let's all start running. But um, I think it's so important to not only believe, but also to start to take big acts of courage and faith and boldness. And I love this uh, one verse in particular, verse 22, it says, uh, you see that his faith and his action were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. It's just so good. So could you speak on this a little bit of how do you move like your faith to action? You know, I think this may be this may be the question. Yeah. Because let's say a lot of us uh, perhaps have either saw some church before or maybe grew up at church or maybe like we've we've maybe saw it on like a TV or maybe our grandmother or aunt or a friend. We've had some type of church and we've heard about this quote unquote good news. But I think for a lot of us, good news ends up becoming old news. And we kind of borrow this faith, and we kind of know the whole, G- yeah, this God came to earth, and yeah, he like lived 33 years. He died. He rose again. He sent you know, the dove down. It touched John the Baptist. He was like, oh, my God. Then they started a church, and all of a sudden now we have churches all over, and this God you know, wants to change the world by bringing the presence of Jesus into the world. So maybe we've heard like that good news, right? Yeah. But what this is letting us know is a lot of people – who think they have faith, and here's where it gets a little tough and hard. And my, I wish we'd have started in Psalms because James is strong as horsehair, like <laughs> yeah. super, super strong. Is like he's letting us know a New Testament definition of faith mm. is not just knowledge. Yeah. Knowing about 
Jesus does not equal knowing Jesus. And this is where it's tough because, mm-hmm. listen, girls, you can be up in the garage all day long. That mm-hmm. does not make you a car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you can be in the atmosphere of great news. You can hear about it. You can sing about it. You can do the Bible study. Yeah. What he's letting us know here is this New Testament faith, if he's trying to give us wisdom and action, which is the book, he's letting us know that faith isn't knowledge alone. In fact, the original language of belief in the New Testament is knowledge plus embracing it. So let me give you a picture. Here's the picture of this paragraph we're studying. The picture shows us the difference, the contrast between knowing a parachute could possibly work because you've seen it, you've studied it, people have jumped out of planes, you saw it on YouTube, whatever. The difference in the New Testament is knowing about a parachute versus you paying the price, you getting on the plane, you strapping into that scary idea that you're jumping out of plane, and faith actually doesn't look like posting about it, sharing about it, liking about it. Faith in the New Testament is putting on the parachute, jumping out of the plane because you trust it so much, it's worth putting on. And I think if all of us grab that, we realize, hold up, wow, a lot of us read the Bible and are frustrated. God, I want want to see a miracle. Well, miracles follow motion. Yeah, it's good. If, If we want to see this God of the Bible work, we have to not just believe it with our mind, but embrace it with our lifestyle. Otherwise, and here's the real deal. Um, he may not be God at all. In fact, if he's not first on your list, he, he doesn't even know how to be on the list because he's preeminent. And so yeah. it's really a wrestling match letting us know this whole this whole faith thing doesn't mean that my mind understands it to be true as much as it means I'll strap it on and I'll jump out of this plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so important. And I, you know, just thinking to just listening to everything that you're saying. And, um, you know, I think so many of us, I'll put this in like 2020 girl words, basically. Um, <laughs> so yes. many of us, we follow, you know, we follow people on Instagram and you know, those like bachelor people you follow on the gram and you like love them and you think you're so close with them because you know, every detail of their life that they post on Instagram, like, <laughs> you know, you are, yeah, hold up, time out, time out. Did you just say bachelor? Yeah. We're talking bachelor, you know, <laughs> can I tell you something? If I have one more person in my church go on the bachelor, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> There's people in the current season at our church. I think we have the gift of bachelor. In our you church. got the bachelor fam. I mean, that's pretty cool. It's an anointing. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But those people, you know, those people that we follow, we think we know every yeah. detail of their life. Like we feel so close to them, but we know at the end of the day. That's not a yeah. real relationship. And then the difference in, hey, maybe you, JD, actually knowing these people from The Bachelor and sitting across yeah. tables from them and doing all this stuff. And so I think there's a lot of us treat our uh, relationship with Jesus like people we follow on Instagram. When in reality, if we're going to be followers of Jesus, we're, we got to go to the places where Jesus would go. We got to follow him to those there places. And I think if we're following Jesus, he's loving people. He's doing these crazy things like the miraculous does follow when we actually follow Jesus where he's going. And so I think that's what's so cool. And what I love is, you know, just like studying this book and or studying James and all this stuff, like I know there's some controversy here. So I feel like we should address Mm -hmm. like the elephant in the room here of just this, you know, scripture, this scripture, we all know it from Paul that says, you know, for it is by grace, you've been saved through faith and it's not by works. And so I really believe these verses go together so beautifully and talking about how we are saved um, through faith and it's not about works, but how like when we're truly saved, like 
it's almost a knee jerk reaction to follow Jesus, to go to the places you go to like have that fruit in our life. So can you even speak on that and kind of the combination of the two? I think it's, I think it's crucial because if this question is one of the most important questions about the reality the ingredients of faith, if it really does mean that we're that that without works it's dead or non-existent, maybe a better way to say it, then we have to go, if that's a great question, then what's the motive? Because if the motive is to be better, look better, do better, then that motive is us centric. Mm, and yeah. so I'll give you a verse that I always read wrong that when God showed me it his way instead of my way, mm. it changed my motive forever. Because here's awesome. the deal. If you lose your why, you'll lose your way. Mm, yeah. If you end up having the wrong motive, you will become religious, and you'll the byproduct will be that you'll lose your relationship. Don't let this become religious. So yeah. let me give you the verse. Okay. The verse says, if you love me, obey me. Or another version says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Mm, yeah. So growing up, I want you to imagine me growing up. And imagine this God with this 92-inch finger over the corridors of heaven looking down and saying, hey, if you love me, you better keep my commands. That's what I pictured. Yeah. So it was all about do, do, do. It's all about works, works, works yeah. first. I got to do that so he'll love me. When I got a little further in my faith and God began to reveal grace to me, I realized there's a comma there. So here's yeah. what it is. If you love me, comma, oh, you'll keep my commands. So it's it's like the God in heaven said, hey, whoa, 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 if you love me, if that's first, like like Leah, Leah, if you love me, oh, pff, you won't commit adultery. I mm. don't, I don't not cheat on my wife because I don't want to. I, I don't cheat on my wife because I love Leah. Yeah, it's good. I don't commit adultery because I love Leah. It's not about the committing adultery. It's about I love Leah. So if mm. my motive for obedience is my love for the Father. It will never become about the works. I'll keep those works. Ah, that's just because I love him. Mm-hmm. There's a difference in motivation. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, it's so true. I love that. I love just pointing out that little comma, and that's so true. It, yeah. it does become that, it's like, good. when you love the Lord, like, when you're, you know those moments when you're just, like, passionate, fire, you're like, let's go, let's ready to go. Like Ken said, yeah. like, you ready to go to the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. like, in his name. And I think that's yeah. so true, kind of moving away from that, like, legalistic, Hey, you should well, do this, and it ought sh- to do this. Yeah. Yes. And here's the deal. Do I read my Bible to know the Bible or do I read my Bible to know him? Do mm-hmm. I worship because I, I want to get it done and it's a part of my quiet time or do I worship because I want to be closer to him? If mm-hmm. we can constantly keep the bullseye knowing him, loving yeah. him, then the works will be something. Oh, pff, of course I'll do that. Stay yeah. pure before I'm married. Of course. Why? Because I love him. Mm. The motivation has to be love for him, not doing the thing. Yeah, they're so tied together. So good. Y'all, we need an organ. We, we preach another hey, thing. We have so many nuggets of truth. <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, okay. So looking back on everything we just shared, just a final kind of wrap up. Like James 2, yeah. we covered favoritism. We talked about faith with action. Um with everything you have said or maybe something you missed or feel God putting on your heart now, like what's one like last thing that you feel like is so important for us women or our generation to hear through this, uh, this part of scripture in James two. Well, you know, I, I would first have to congratulate the journey tackling James in your room <laughs> or as you read tackling Tom. James deserves a trophy because it has such strength. 
Yeah. Um, if if I could say, if I had one moment with every every girl that's in these colleges, in these chapters, and I had one moment to make a difference, it, it really would be to put him first mm. in every single area. So if you want to talk practically, like who who gets who gets the first call when something goes wrong? Mm. What's the first thing that you look at in the morning? Yeah. In your money, who gets the first? In your relationships. Who gets the first in your creative thought, thought thinking, in your emotions? Who gets the first? Because what I've learned is the wisdom that we find in James will never be something that we do long term if love for Jesus doesn't sit in the front seat. Yeah. What I've learned is you, you ever saw the dominoes, guys, like the little dominoes, you hit one and like all of them go down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to work on that third, 373rd domino if you get the first one Mm, so there is a domino effect in your life and i'll tell you what the first domino is if you get this right it's that whole matthew 633 thing if you learn how to put him first everywhere so relationally emotionally physically spiritually financially if you put him first the other dominoes will fall Mm, yeah that's That's good yes i love that and i'm so excited i feel like what is so cool about this study of James, and I think what's so cool that Kenzie I've just been talking about is there's something about like our faith that sometimes we do feel this pressure of like, oh my gosh, I gotta do this and do this, and then I gotta figure mm. out how to do this. But I love that like the study of James is really all about like it does go back to that love. Like, do you love Jesus? And as you love Jesus and as you fall more in love with him, like this spiritual maturity just happens with time. Like it just like it will be that yeah. knee-jerk reaction that you'll yes. have. And that's what's cool. What well, it, it- Here's the deal. Without Jesus, can we be honest? Let's just let's get real for just one yeah. second. Without <laughs> Jesus, serving mm. makes no sense. Yeah. Without Jesus, tithing yeah. makes no sense. Without Jesus, forgiving that girl who betrayed you makes no sense. Without yeah. Jesus, none of the works of and none of the, 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 the characteristics of maturity make a bit of sense. Losing my life. That makes no sense when he says lose your life so that you can find it. Giving my life away, being generous, none of that makes sense. But if I love Jesus, oh, I'll keep his commands. Yeah. Yeah. Man. That's so good and so true. I mean, now I'm just inspired to go, <laughs> let's too. read James five times again. I'm ready to like <laughs> run around and do laps after well, this. I'll just tell you, James is probably my second favorite New Testament book because I think what this world needs is not the intellectual Greek definition of a life raft. They need believers who are wise enough to throw them one. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And that's what James gives us is a punch that's in the good. gut. Like, hold up, you yeah. can do this as yeah. Christians. If we would stop making excuses and look in the mirror and get honest and real, the invisible yeah. God would become visible and we would slowly, but surely change the world one person at a time. That's yeah. so good. So good. JD, you are amazing. Thank yes. you so much for sharing. JD, you, you just bring so much zeal to this yes. podcast. Thank uh, you so much. But don't dumb tell me I like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we love you. Love the zeal fam. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Girls, have a killer day. 
Oh my gosh, you guys, so sorry about that extremely br- abrupt, abrupt ending. That was really hilarious. You really killed my vibe. I uh, had more to say. And you I just know. crushed it. I was just wrapping it up. You know, at some point you just got to stop blabbing. If you're a podcaster, you know the end of podcasts are the most painfully awkward it things. Is. They're really hard. They're really hard. But... Anyways, hey, we're sad it's the end of this week's episode. Yes. But have you guys been watching the Fiery Fridays? Yes. Fiery Fridays. Fire. We are on fire. Man, we've been eating some good food. Some like good things food. I would have never ordered myself. You guys, if you aren't following us, what we're doing is we're going through the drive, different drive throughs and ordering whatever the person in front of us ordered. And it is hilarious. We are getting some And gold along mines. the way, we finish out by like yes. recapping the week, whatever we talked Sending about, read in scripture and then giving you a challenge for the week. So That's it's right. entertaining and full go of truth. Listen. So yeah, go to Watch. our Instagram at for the girl underscore, underscore, underscore. You know it. <laughs> you know it well at this point. <laughs> and I watch know. our Fire Friday episode. But next week, we are going to be reading in James 3. Yes. And I'm so excited about our guest. It is Kevin McQueen from Cross Point Church here in Nashville. And so good. such an awesome conversation. Bye. <laughs> I thought you wanted to say something. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs>